1: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Did you know that I'm back doing another live show? Yes, I know. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's called The Stalker and I share investigations where I learned probably a little too much about that murky world. The show is on Saturday, the 25th of February at the State Library of Victoria. Tickets are through Eventbrite. Hello, and I trust 2023 will be a good year for us all. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. Thank you.
3: My daughter had a friend over, um, sleeping over at our house. The mother took me outside and told me that she'd received a text message with, you know, photos of me...
2: As I said at the end of last week's episode, Leone's story is unfortunately quite common. A man who is initially charming and seems too good to be true, as I said, well, he was. Yes, a nice car, a lovely home with everything that opens and shuts and to some what seems a lavish lifestyle, but it isn't all it seems from the outside. Money can sometimes be ugly and it doesn't get much uglier Leone's ex-partner. There's so many lessons for all of us in Leone's story. Leone's ex-partner, his stalking is off the scale. The lengths that he goes to and continues to go to to this day to disrupt and intimidate her life from every corner will have you shaking your head in frustration and bewilderment. What sort of a man would use his ex-partner's young daughter's social media accounts to continue his harassment and intimidation? What sort of a man is hell-bent on ruining the life of his ex-partner, even though they've been apart for years? A man like Leonie's ex-partner, that's who. Her life is still dominated by this manipulative man who also harasses her family, her friends and her business. There is no escaping his vile and offensive behaviour and the courts and police don't seem to have an answer because he uses every trick and system to beat the system. Leone's story continues today. She doesn't hide from some mistakes that she's made in her life, some terrible life choices, but she's come out of it and wants others to learn from her mistakes. Yet again, drug taking can only lead to misery. It's hard to imagine that finding your next drug hit can be more important than anyone else or anything else in your life, including your children. That's the insidious outcome of becoming a drug addict. Thank you. But by this stage, what was your drug-taking habit? Like? How bad was your drug um, use?
3: So when I, when I did the Googling that night, I was still heavily on drugs. It's probably the worst that I was on them. And I think you used that quite a lot um, to gaslight me with, you know, the fact that, you know, he's not a narcissist, maybe I'm a narcissist and things like that and told me I had bipolar, which I really believed, and went to see a psychologist and she told me, you know, you're being abused, there is nothing wrong with you. Um, And so, um, yeah, I think um, so I ended up in 2016 leaving. We met in 2014. Ended up leaving in 2016 and I went to a small town where my family lives. Um, I took my children there. DHS rocked up on my door quite, quite quickly, um, and I asked to work with them. I just said, you know, I know I'm not supposed to have them on my own. That's that's fine. I was like, I just want a chance. I just want you to see, you know, if you guys can help me because I do not want to lose my kids. Um, so I did that, um, and they did. DHS was was quite lovely, and you know, as long as as long as you do the right thing and do what you're supposed to be doing, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, they helped Actually, me.
2: Leonie, can, can I interrupt there? Why were DHS involved when you went to the small town? How had they become involved?
3: Yeah, DHS had come involved because I had been going there so often um, and I think my family caught on that I was um, off the rails. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. and so I think a couple of family members and also I know that Peter um had actually also called or sent emails to DHS because he had sent them to me as threats um and yeah they were pretty much on my doorstep quite quickly and um they just said to me that they need to go and live with their father um you're welcome to visit there but you, it has to be on yep. his terms and things like that and gave me some conditions and that really did send me a little bit off i i definitely um, I went to Adelaide um and wanted yep. to ignore it because it was just heartbreaking I guess but it was it was my fault you know and mm. I feel like that was really hard for me to swallow at the time um but it didn't last too long before I was back and trying to um trying to do what's right and I went to my um, their dad's house and I asked if he could try and help me get off drugs and things like that and he said "Yep, yeah, you can stay here and I did and um, it was just really um, it turned out that he was actually on on the same drug as me but no one realized <laughs> so that's when I was like okay that's enough I've got to get away from this person I need to stop um, taking drugs and I really need to take my kids out of this situation otherwise they're going to be in foster care
2: okay and so I just so Peter wasn't the father that you took the kids to it was the the father of the other two kids that you had. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right. I've got it. Okay. And so I I think that's a really important message there because DHS get an absolute hammering and I've often said that DHS are there to try and keep families together, not to actually separate them. But I think a lot of people have a very, very negative um, yes. uh, thoughts about DHS. Yeah but it's it's a bad
3: mentality to have because they really are they're there to help you and they helped me and as long as you know you are ready to stop that sort of a lifestyle there's absolutely nothing that's going to go wrong for you.
2: And I imagine you would have had to prove to them that you had stopped taking drugs so that you could have the children because that yes. the children are their priority and so they should be (laughs) yes yeah
3: definitely um I did have to approve I did a lot of blood tests a lot of random urine tests and things like that and um I had a caseworker for probably about six to twelve months um yeah yeah. and it it all went really smoothly um I did everything that I needed to do on time and yeah that's that's really all you need to do it's just You can't get into it and fake it and think I'm going to pull the wool over DHS's eyes you've you've got to actually want it
2: Mm, mm. something that's in the back of my mind is so when you're you were spending the time with Peter you you said you'd stay a couple of weeks at his place and then you'd leave and come back so where were your kids when you were staying with Peter Um, with their dad
3: or with my sister
2: Okay, it sounds yeah. like you had a very good relationship with the kid's dad. I did um
3: I did until Peter. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right, and so things obviously became really bad. So you're really um your drug taking is out of control. Uh, your your life is deteriorating before your very eyes, you can't get off the drugs, you're, you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. So how did you stop Peter's behaviour, that coercive controlling behaviour? What did you do to stop that or how did you stop it?
3: Um, oddly enough, that goes back to researching narcissism. Um, so in one of the forums I was just reading a thread and it said, um i think this in particular came into play cuz he never really it never stopped it never he never really left me alone unless he had another female in his life that he was quite um interested in so yep. um there was a number of them that um i think in the last couple of years of our relationship is um he was quite distracted um and for me, that's what I look at it as a, a distraction um, and a little bit of a break. Um, so I learnt in this forum that there was this thing called grey rocking, and I was like, okay, what is this? And they they said that if you um, if you dress, it's like it, it's like a little rule. So if you dress boring, if you don't have much to say, if you don't do your hair, you don't do your makeup, and you just act dull. Um, he would definitely go to the other person, um, and at the time, that's what I was doing. I did it every day, and it worked like a charm. Um, he, okay, he often, yeah, just um, he would try to talk to me, and I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like I wouldn't really have much to say, and he would be very, very bored of me. But any time my true personality would come out, and I was, you know, my outgoing self, or I was happy, or I was thriving. Mm-hmm that's when the cycle would start again. And I think the cycle was definitely building you up and putting you on a pedestal and then completely tearing you apart.
2: Mm. God. So so how did you uh, you eventually got an intervention order is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So can um, you tell us about the progress to getting the intervention order what what um, started that
3: So it was when we process.
2: fled. Yeah, yeah, it was when we
3: fled. Um, so my children and I fled. Um, we were living with him for quite some time in the end of the relationship. Um, I had had enough and I felt strong and I felt independent and things like that. And so I decided I'm leaving and I saved up. To leave, um, I think I had saved up about seven thousand dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one night or one day, things got a little bit out of hand, and he was really behaving in his kind of he was he was going towards his physical abuse. Um, like I could I could feel it coming. I just knew because of how he behaved before it. And um, so I was like, okay, today's the day we have to go. We left in the night. Um, It was a big process because it was COVID and things like that. Um, Right. Yeah. So then we went to um, the small town that my family lives in. Um, Yes. The first thing I did when I got there was went to a domestic violence service um, and let them know my situation uh, we weren't really sure what they could help with, but um, on one of my first appointments um, they, they kind of thought it was quite severe um, and a police officer came in to see me and we wrote a very, very lengthy statement of the abuse that I've kind of endured our whole relationship. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the police put, uh, yeah, a interim intervention order on, which he's still mm-hmm. it's still interim. It's been so long and it's still interim. Um, he's still trying to fight it. Um, really yeah he, he's pretty ruthless like he doesn't really stop trying to fight you know the truth so mm. yeah
2: mm. Has, has he broken or breached the the uh, conditions of that interim intervention order?
3: Yes in every single way
2: yeah all the time okay and it so really what's stop. been the result what's been the result of that?
3: He has been charged with a couple of offences that are very minor um, because it's state-to-state Adelaide Police actually need to investigate it. Um, We do all the running around and kind of getting all the evidence together and things like that and it's all the time. Um, I am a little bit disappointed because I don't feel that enough's been done at all um, because I'm still dealing with him to this day. Um, I think that Which is is
2: how long which is how long after your relationship has you left um, About three years
3: so um, I think the result of it really is he is learning what he can and can't do in a really sneaky kind of manipulative way I think that's the only thing that's come of it is that yeah he's learning what holds up in court and what doesn't and he's very very good at it and it's just uh, yeah it's been unfortunate for me
2: and so like do you know he's he's continually um hacking into your social media and that isn't isn't he like he's he's yeah. continually stalking you do you know what he's been charged with, like apart from breaches? Like I suppose, for instance, I'm asking has he been charged with stalking you or, say, using a telecommunication device to harass or no. menace? And, no. no. Okay. okay, No, he hasn't
3: been charged with anything like that and that's what I feel he needs to be charged with. Um, he's been charged for really minor things, Um such as something he's posted in relation to me on Facebook on his own page. It's, it's not, um, yeah, no, none of this has kind of come to light. It's really frustrating.
2: Yeah, gee. And, and unfortunately, there's going to be listeners out there who are trapped in a relationship and don't know what to do or where to go. What would you tell them with your experience?
3: Um, I would tell them never play a narcissist game. I know it's hard. It's really hard because you feel like you have to fight to cope and it's in, it is, it's like a game of chess. You're just always on your toes. You're always trying to think, how can I do this so that this happens? Or, you know, it's just a constant like fight or flight mode. And I get that. But, um, the only way to get away is to cut them off. And I know it's hard, but there's people who love you. Um, there's people who, you know, I was scared to leave because I was scared that my family would suffer, um, which they did, but they still love me. Like it's not going to, it's going to be hard, but, but you get through it together because that's real love. It's not conditional. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and always reach out. There's so many domestic violence services and things like that. You, there's, there's a lot of help out there, but it's scary to think of.
2: And you're right, there is a lot of help out there until you need it. you don't realize the help for whatever problem it is there as you did, you googled what was going on in your life and you found out all sorts of uh help all sorts of yeah,
3: yeah. ideas
2: on what to do and so what was the biggest hurdle that you had to jump in trying to escape from peter and and how did you organize that like was there a last straw?
3: Yes, um, I was already kind of, so the last couple of months that I was living with him, I had, um, I I had tried to date and it didn't go well because he was, um, stalking me for the whole date, um, and, and after. And, um, so, and then he kind of begged to come home and I didn't really, I didn't want him to, um, I was very well and truly done, Um, but I spoke to somebody and I asked for advice and I said, what do you do? And they said, well, you know, maybe with what he's saying, like if you want to make your family work, maybe you should just give it one more go, like give him a chance. Um, He's never said things like this before. He's never apologised before, like that's a big thing for him. I think he, it sounds like he's really waking up to himself and it's, what's it going to do? What's it going to hurt? It's a little bit more time. See how you go. And so I said, okay. Um, And I let him come home. Um, I had been clean off of drugs for, a few years before it, so okay.
2: yeah.
3: Um, yeah. it was hard to live with him because I felt like it was always in my house. There was people always coming, and you know we lived in a in a beautiful home. It was it didn't it didn't feel yucky or anything, but um, it, it they were they were coming in and out of the garage or into his office, and you know they're respectable people, but yeah, you wouldn't know what they were up to, and and I did, and it was really uncomfortable. Um. But um, so I ended up in that last chance relapsing um, with him and um, we became really close again, but then it very quickly got very toxic again rather than what I was living before was coping, living my life and him living his. So um, the last straw was I had noticed him getting very um, really trying to – Abusers often try and turn you away from people or, you you know, turn you against people. Um, yes. and Isolate, isolating you. Yeah, yeah. And it had gotten to a point where um, he'd done that to me so much that I, I struggled to keep any friends. I didn't really have any friends. They would always end up disappointed with me for going back, not understanding. Um mm. And I totally get that because it was a, a it was a shit show. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, I noticed in the end that he was trying to turn me against my little girl. So I, I wasn't having it. I didn't want to. I, I I thought you know when she was so when she was younger she she adored him. She loved him. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like a really cute relationship. And it was I was so proud of it. But as she got older she you know developed a bit of anxiety around what was going on um and you know we thought that living in a nice home and having nice cars and things like that would kind of mask what was really going on but it doesn't in the end um and so she suffered a bit of anxiety and he was really trying to turn me against her and tell me that she she lies a lot and um he started going through her ipad and and oh, they're trying yeah. to show me yeah. things that she was looking up and saying, "Oh, you know how, how what's wrong with her? Like she's she lies a lot and a lot of that stuff." And I knew I, I could see straight through him. And I just, yeah, to myself, I said, "No, that's enough." Like it could happen to me, and I could deal with this for years, but I, it's not going to happen to any of my kids.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a whole new ball game, isn't it? Yes. Like when it's a whole new level.
3: Yeah, it's just a level yeah. that you just don't go to. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so, you obviously uh, ended up cutting ties. Yeah. But after finally cutting all those ties with him, um, thank goodness you've found, found happiness again with a, a lovely, lovely partner. Yeah. Um, you've got a really successful business. However. Peter being the narcissist that he is he's got the typical belief that I believe they have that if he can't have you no one can uh, yeah. can you tell us about how he's still affecting your life and and what you've done to try and alleviate that the huge amount of stress that um it's caused and continues to cause until the very this very day
3: yeah um so To this day, he posts revenge porn of me on um, Instagrams that he has hacked into from when I was living with him. Um, So I had a business one and I had a personal one and he's kind of made one of them. And he's he's also hacked into my daughter's Instagram that I let her create. She just had family on it and he hacked into hers. Um, He's sent me photos of himself on work trips, um, kind of threatening me that he's in my hometown um to a certain degree. And um that was sent to me off my daughter's Instagram, which was really disgusting. Um
2: oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it just yeah. felt
3: so violating. Um but then um he's also yeah, so one of the Instagrams he's he's actually made it a mimic almost of my business page. So a lot of my clients will get confused. Um He's following all of my clients. It's really hard for me because for me to actually be successful and a lot of this stuff's done on Instagram and things like that these days, um, I can't actually have a private profile. So he goes and sees my followers and friends and he um, follows them all and they they think, oh, she's made another page and they'll follow it back and then the next minute there will be a video posted or a photo posted um, of me, yeah, naked or you know performing an act or something like that yeah, um yeah. and um he also posts photos of my family members and writes things that I would have told him you know in trust when I didn't realize that he was like this um you know you talk to your your partner about things you tell them about your past you tell them about your trauma things like that and and yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of has just exposed me for the private things that I've told him um He's, um, he's done things like, uh, take my car out of my name, um, cancel my radio. He's planted a tracking device underneath my car. He's planted drugs in my car. Um, he has also, uh, hacked into my Facebook, my Snapchat, um, or just created new accounts that he can post on. He recently
1: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He
3: posted a revenge porn video of me on TikTok. Um, oh. He harasses my partner about his mother who just recently passed away and says really nasty things about her. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't know her. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything about their family but, yeah, he, he kind of um, contacts friends of mine that he's stalked me and found out about, that I have friends, and he's commented on their race, he's been really racist towards them and sent them nasty messages. I think, um, yeah, when we were in Queensland recently, he changed our flights around a lot. Um, there was, like, zero protection for that. Um, And his number one thing for hacking into things is doing a SIM swap. So no matter what company you're with, there's a possibility to SIM swap your phone, Um, and he does that to gain access and get confirmation codes and things like that. And so any time I get a a message with a confirmation code on my phone, obviously my stomach drops and I think, oh, my God, he's trying to suss what number that's connected to. Um, It's things like that 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 keep you on your toes every day and keep you – keep you anxious and and things like that um that um I think one of the most horrible things that has happened since I left was my my daughter had a friend over um sleeping over at our house and they really really get along and I was so happy because she was finally you know getting really comfy with someone and wanted someone to come over and and we had her here and I got to um, I got to the, her house to drop her home the next day, and I was I was at the door and I could hear kind of just a light kind of disagreement happening inside, and I was like, "What's going on?" You know. And so I knocked on the door and said, "You know, hey." And I just said, "Are you okay? Like, is everything okay?" And they said, "Yeah, that's everything's okay. Um, we need to have a chat." And I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Like, and. Um, so she the mother took me outside and told me that she'd received a text message um with you know photos of me um oh my god yeah and photos of me smoking ice um they were obviously from the past but um still it didn't make me feel any better um and the text message just said lots of nasty things about me that weren't true or that were exaggerated or, you know. Um and I had to explain pretty much what I've told during this whole podcast um to this poor mother who I've just had her daughter overnight. And it took it took a little while for us to to actually be able to feel comfortable with sleepovers and stuff again. And I definitely do avoid children coming to the house. Um just because I'm constantly on watch with who I call from my phone because he seems to be able to get into the online account quite easily, Um, no matter what company I'm with. um, Yeah, he finds it.
2: Do you know, I don't want to ask how he finds it because we don't want to... um... I don't want to put it out there. (laughs) No, no, no. But But I know
3: that he sits um, so once I found this book in his office it was just sitting on his desk um and he was asleep he was passed out and um I went in and I saw this notebook and it was there was pages and pages of um my family members email addresses um and it said like Optus account and then it was like password change to you know Peter's too smart for you and Thing, all these, and it, it was pages worth. It looked like a massive spreadsheet that he had worked on for like, I don't know what, but, um, and it was pages worth of phone numbers with, you know, lines to who is it and what their name is and things like that. And he had sat there all night figuring out who each phone number was. So when he does get into my online accounts, um, he can see who I'm calling. That's how he figured out that I was away on a holiday. Um, that's how he figures out, you know, who to contact and spread spread these things about me. Um, he's done it to my children's school. Um, they go to a Catholic school. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's contacted the principal and sent really disgusting things to oh. the school and the staff. And, yeah, it's really embarrassing.
2: You know, there's... Uh... A lesson is a harsh word. I don't mean it like that, but there's a lot of uh, that people can take away from providing private images. I suppose revenge porn, like it is on the system forever. It is. It's always like there. people break. You know, he's going to have pe- them forever. <laughs> he will, forever. He will. He yeah. will, and there are. Uh, yeah it just they it never goes away yeah you have to and be so careful
3: especially if you're so young um yes you know you, you need to you need to live life a little bit and you need to learn like personalities and people that you can there's toxic people out there and you you've just got to be so careful um if you're going to share images like that with someone just make sure it's somebody that you I trust you have known for a i long think time. there's a
2: message I, yeah. I think there's a message do not it's, and I know what you mean when you are in love with somebody and they, oh, let's do this or let's do that. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, you don't, because re- you yeah. trust them. Yeah. But I think, I think when it comes to private and personal images, you just, you've got to expect that it will somehow, well, There's it a could. possibility that it'll get out there.
3: Oh, and gee. that's you enough know, of a possibility know, to put you off.
2: <laughs> it yeah. And you know, what I don't understand, leonie is that why? And you probably won't be able to answer this, but yeah. you're saying that you've only got an interim order, uh, and I know he keeps putting putting off uh, going to court or whatever. But I can't understand how you could not have a full intervention order. Like there is, there's four conditions, yeah. Oh, look, you know, there's something, and I don't know, you know, I don't know all the details, but there's something very wrong if he can milk the system, the court system, the justice system. Yes. To the point where you still only have an interim intervention order, not a full intervention order. Like it just seems it's just wrong. It is just wrong. Uh, You're one of the few people in this world who I believe are thrilled with the fact that Optus has had to upgrade their system due to the hacking controversy. Can you explain that (laughs) to to us? To be
3: honest, (laughs) when I found out about that and it was all over the news, I was like, oh God, is that him? (laughs) I just thought it was going to be him because I don't know anyone else like this, but, um, Yeah, no, I am thrilled. So I guess um, (laughs) (laughs) I am thrilled. But what came of that was um, so while we were away um, on our holiday, I suddenly my phone said SOS mode and I was like, here we go again. Okay, it's been a while. Um, My phone number's been taken and I thought, all right, well, I haven't connected it to really anything except for TikTok. Mm -hmm um so don't panic we just went down to the local Optus and which was you know surfers and um I spoke to a lady there and I said you know what's going on like I thought that you know you had to bring your ID in and things like that and she said oh you do especially with this this hacking that's been happening to Optus and I was like oh okay so what 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 the hell (laughs) and she was like oh okay well I'll have a look into it and she looked into it and it turned out that it was someone at a local Optus store to where he lives and she said, it's completely illegal at the moment. It is not okay. Um, so I knew, um, she said, either this person knows Peter and has done it as a favour or they've just made a very big mistake and they're going to get into a lot of trouble for it. And i um, that's to do a SIM swap, of course. Um, so yep. um, that was just all reported to police and they're investigating that at the moment like they found out who the the person is that did it um and they're investigating whether he went in or whatever um but um yeah it years ago I knew him of him having a friend that worked at Optus um who was actually fired over doing it for him um Hmm. narcissists seem to have a lot of what they call flying monkeys it's people who around them enable their behaviour or help out because, you know, to a certain degree they've been under coercive control as well. Um, I know for sure I've I've acted like that at times for him. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just what you end up in and you don't even really realise it. You're just kind of sticking up for and helping out this disgusting way of life. Um, But, yeah, so um, years ago you were able to just do it online, call up, do it, um, I would take my phone number back and he would have it back within two, three minutes. It was so quick and I used to think how the hell am I going to ever have a phone or how am I going to live my life because I can't keep doing this. Like it would be, I'd be using my Google Maps to go to, you know, a friend's house and and my my data would get turned off and I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't know enough about phones. Like how do I turn it back on? Or You know, there was always something that he was doing to stop me from, being
2: free God I mean this man and and I can't and I'm sorry I, I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't know here but yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be the only one no absolutely not you wouldn't be the only woman in his life or person in his life that he is um, controlling like this
3: no absolutely not so um, through our relationship um or situationship <laughs> um, we had I had a lot of females kind of come to me um and say sometimes it would come from a place of jealousy or sometimes it would come from You know trying to warn me it'd be a girl from the past or a girl that's current Mm. um Mm. and um yeah they would tell me that they were he was behaving the exact same way um I do remember that this poor girl she was actually a porn star from America um Mm. she had come over to escort in Australia and he gave he ruined her life like um he posted he took a photo of her smoking a pipe um and posted it, I think, on one of her public like fan pages. And it just absolutely destroyed her career. And I know that she doesn't, uh, I don't think that she does that anymore. Um, Mm. This was all while in a relationship with me, just from um, a long distance, one at a time. Um, There was also another girl that um, I found out when I went to lived there the last kind of few years. I was on my way to leave the small town that we live in and went to live there. I found out that he had um, another girl pregnant um, and she was due before I was due, um, which was really hurtful. But it turned out that um, she's actually a beautiful person. Um, she's a great person and she was just another victim. It's crazy how different they all are came across because some were really angry nasty kind of bitter Mm. girls and Mm. some were really really lovely and you can tell why he wouldn't want to let them go because that's his control tactic um but yeah um and in you know our family court case it got pulled that there was a hundred pages of reports against him for similar stalking behavior um even some physical assaults that were a little bit more severe than mine, which shocked me. Um, I knew that, that Peter was always going to court for things um, that I, I never really understood why, but I was too nervous to ask. Um, he would occasionally open up to me about some girl from his past and say what was going on, and I would just kind of nod because there was no disagreeing. Otherwise, it would have been turned on to me.
2: Um, it sounds like he's a a and not and not was is a master manipulator, a very very charismatic man that can talk his way into almost anything.
3: Oh, absolutely! I think that like um, my first signs of the manipulation, um, which were signs at the time, but I didn't realise till later, was he had this habit of recording every phone call. With someone and a habit of interrogating on those phone calls. And I always thought, why is he so cocky on the phone? Like, why is he like that? Um, he showed me video footage of girls that he was confronting quite a lot just to make them look silly. And he would laugh a lot. He was quite immature. Um, and, and it, it was concerning to me. I did think Why would you, like, she looks, you know, so anxious and she looks really stressed. Like, why are you talking to her like that? I don't ever want to talk to you, like, have a conversation like that with you. Like, that's really uncomfortable. Like, why do you want the footage? Um, Yeah, so... Um, That was a big, big red flag Um, and that happened to me quite a lot through our relationship, lots of recording and videos and of just an argument or an interrogation. I think he keeps them and gets off on them and then he shows them to the next girl in case of this person, you know, this last girl coming to tell her that something's wrong with him. Because, you know, he's, he's really good with his words and he does make you feel confused. It's very hard to get through the gaslighting and, and win an argument or get your point across if you're not strong. Like, yeah, I only kind of managed that in the last probably two years of our relationship to be able to shut him down. Like...
2: What a sad man to think in, that yeah. that's the sort of thing he, he has to do. I mean, he's ruining so many people's lives. Hey, what would you suggest to those out there who are being harassed like you are, how would you suggest they manage their social media use and and the platforms that they use?
3: Oh, if it's to this extent, the advice that was given to me um, from another victim of his was Mm. don't run a business, don't, um, because that's another thing he's definitely destroyed for me, um, you know, I I definitely have my regulars and things like that, but it's nowhere near where I want it to be because I can't. I can't have online bookings because he books in and uses false credit cards and then I get looked into for fraud and things like that. So it's not worth it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I definitely just think that, yeah, the advice that I was given is to um, go offline. <laughs> <laughs> go offline um, if you can have a normal job. Um, definitely speak to people don't be embarrassed and um let them know what's going on um i had you know um a really good situation in a rental property that you know they were fully aware of this person that stalks me um and ready for him um so don't be embarrassed to do that it's okay it's not your fault that this is happening to you um and definitely always two-factor authentication um Try not to connect your phone number to things if you can avoid it use different types of emails not not the main the main you know Gmail or you know things like that try to use other other sorts of platforms because um, yeah it is quite easy and um, yeah I wouldn't want to get into how you do it because I don't want anyone really.
1: No, doing
3: it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it is quite easy to get into people's things, and it's really sad that it is. Um, I mean, these are like multi billion dollar companies, and they can't help you when it happens, so mm.
2: yeah, that you're just saying there about not sharing your phone number. Everybody, uh, I don't know anybody that when you um go into a shop or you try and purchase something online, whatever it be, everyone. Has your phone number yeah
3: and that, is or, or that need, is or
2: needs a phone number that yeah.
3: is another tactic of his so I was at for uh, out for um, my birthday and um just given that I'm in small town he rang around a couple of the pubs that we would have gone to for dinner and he said you know my name is Leonie and I just want to check that I've left the right phone number and they just repeat the phone number to him and he's got it that's it it's everywhere it's it's very hard to avoid and there's not really as much advice that i'd like to be able to give um to be honest but um just try and do everything in the most um authenticated way that you can
2: oh gee leone you've you're making my head spin uh, just (laughs) with how we can navigate this world without social media, we've become so dependent on it. And it, it's just, it is such a dangerous world. What worries me more than, don't get me wrong, everything you've said worries me. But the revenge porn is what concerns me most now. And not so much, it, it's just that the younger people that are taking photos of themselves and sharing them, you know, I suppose we've, we've all done something as a joke. Well, I think most of us have done something as a joke sometime and you think, God, I hope that never gets out because you'd have to explain yourself. Yeah. But to be actually uh, taking photos of body parts and, yeah. um, you know, intimate settings and things, I think. Oh, yeah, days.
3: like I said, though, it's just the this day and age, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, like, it, back in the industry it was it was a secret it was something that very very private and if someone you know kind of resembled someone that you could know walked into that place you would not go and say hello like that's just you just wouldn't um and I think that this whole like you know era of like only fans and you know private instagrams and stuff like that like you just have no idea how Mm. um permanent that is on you um it's permanent for me now that everybody knows because i feel no matter what relationship i've gotten into or who i've tried to date um even my current relationship um it changes the way people respect you as well so um, i i found that you know um People I've tried to date, I've, I've told them because I know they're going to find out because everybody knows. Um, yeah. And either they run away or they kind of sexualize you. Like it's they they look at you as like I need to, you know, I need to be enough for this like porn star. And it's not that. And, and you know, people look at you as some sort of um I guess deviant, you know, in a sense, and and I'm not that way at all. Um, mm. it, yeah, you're not you're not looked at the same, and that's really important. I think people need to understand that, especially at a young age. You're not looked at the same, and it's it doesn't really ever go away until you really put your boundaries in place and pull people up. And you should never have to do that. Mm. So,
2: no, I, uh, yeah, I agree. Look, uh, Leonie, thank you so much for sharing you know, there's a lot of personal stuff in there, but you've been so upfront and so honest. You're obviously very brave, very strong, but I don't imagine you're always like that. You had to learn to be strong and brave, didn't you?
3: Yes, I did. So um I feel that when I met him, um I was I was I was pretty confident. Um, I was pretty happy, but I was also really shy and really naive um and I really will always miss that version of myself um going through all of this I'm glad that I'm so strong but it doesn't mean that anxiety doesn't creep in every day um I'm proud of myself and everything like that but yeah we we all wish you know we all miss the um the inner child of you know who we are and I just um I hate the thought of, you know, someone else going through what I went through and, and having to change so drastically and having to be so hard on the outside because, yeah. Mm.
2: Mm. You know, we all make decisions when we're younger and some of those decisions are terrible decisions that uh, stay with us for life and some some of those decisions, you know, you just don't realise at the time what a a terrible decision it is, but I don't know what to say because your life has been completely dominated by this man and yeah. I don't know how how long it will continue to be dominated but I, I must put in a plug here that we have um, I have connected you with Susan McLean, the yes. cyber safety cop, and yeah. I just hope that um, as I've said to you in an email, if anybody, has um, any ideas on how to extricate yourself from this um, manipulative man uh, this narcissist it'll be Susan in relation to all the uh, I mean she's never going to be able to get rid of the revenge porn or whatever but yeah I, you know if anybody's got any ideas on how to help you, in the future it'll be susan so let's hope susan can um can do some magic but anyway look thank you uh i know there's going to be listeners out there today who have found encouragement uh, with what you've said um and if you can do it they can too so good oh, luck with certainly. everything in the future and and thanks yeah, thank so much for your time today
3: no worries thank you so much for having me
2: As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. (laughs) Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks.